It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 262, The Birth of the Messiah and the Spotless Lamb. After John the Baptist is born, Mary returns to Nazareth, and Joseph sees that she's pregnant. His reaction must have been awful. Maybe that he was an inadequate man, he was shocked with disdain. It was betrayal in the, in the worst case. But according to Jewish law, he was to end this engagement. He had the right to stone her and to take the issue to court and keep the dowry that he received from her father. But instead, Matthew 1, 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. He was going to quickly let the issue die and just act like they weren't engaged and let it go. Um, but he had a dream. Enter the angel Gabriel again. Matthew one twenty. But while he thought about these sayings, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now Joseph is amazed, and he's going to make this work out with Mary. Wouldn't you? He goes to Mary and tells her everything. And he will, well, they, ignore the jeers of the, the townsfolk and just go on with life as if they themselves conceived a baby during their engagement. And the religious of the town no doubt shunned Joseph and Mary. No doubt some didn't do business with Joseph or sold bread to Mary. No doubt there was a family shame all over the place. But Joseph and Mary pushed through despite the small town jeers surrounding them, um, and, and they just went on with life. Um, it, this was their blessing, but this is what they had to put up with. Jesus himself would be spoken of ill throughout the con- community as the only child in the whole town conceived out of wedlock. The worst of curses were probably hurled at Mary herself. And it's fascinating how the miracle of the moment causes the people around them to curse them. And sometimes God does the unexpected, and we must live with the indignity of the moment. Would you act like Joseph and Mary? It's a question, and it poses right at our hearts. Now something amazing happens. Just to fulfill prophecy, just to fulfill prophecy, the prophecy was that the Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem. How could this happen since they're in Nazareth? The answer was God moved the heart of the king of the earth, Augustus Caesar, just to need a census all of a sudden to command everyone to return the place of their birth for the census. Luke 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place while Quinarius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David 
to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Joseph and his pregnant wife must journey to Bethlehem from Nazareth to fulfill the census. Most likely the two were fine with leaving nasty Nazareth, um, considering all the awful treatment they were probably getting there. Though a journey eight months pregnant or so is not recommended, but they did it. My wife traveled five and a half years ago, six months pregnant in a car from Rogers, Arkansas to Seattle, and she kept telling herself, if Mary could do it, so can I. Every Christmas, we have a list of favorite shows and movies, and our favorite for Christmas is that nativity story. It's really great. We recommend it, um, and it's it, it does a really good job of um, kind of giving that heartbeat of Mary and Joseph what they went through, um, and this whole story of the, you know, and it ends in the Christmas story. What happens next touches on our traditions as Christians all around the world. There's a lot of Christmas traditions that have taken, taken over this account, and there are different interpretations, um, but our verses are actually quite limited here. Luke 2, 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. The famous interpretation has Joseph and Mary arriving in the census-filled city. All the hotels and houses are full, and, and Bethlehem's not a very large city. And they end up going into a stable where Mary gives birth to Jesus. So this may have well happened completely, uh, but there's other interpretations. Some of them may ruin your tradition, though. Uh, one of them suggests the, the word in is misinterpreted, and the manger was more or less a manger in the anteroom of a large-style house in this area, which houses outdoor animals on cold nights. So the kind of, you know, the far extension of this large house um, has kind of an anteroom or, or a, you know, like a, call it almost like an indoor-outdoor patio, per se, um, for animals to come in and out. Um, and that's where the manger would have been. And this is where a, um, a very full house capacity would have um, welcome a guest as a last option. Now, whether it was a stable or part of a home, you decide. But I find most fascinating is this. Bethlehem is six miles south of Jerusalem. Its fields were filled with sheep, and it was a location of many a Passover sacrifice. And it's where you find the Passover sacrifice lamb in Israel. In fact, it was known as the greatest of the areas to locate the perfect and spotless lamb for the temple sacrifices. Bethlehem was known to have the stable that held the lambs for the famous spotless lamb annual temple sacrifices that occur on Passover. Could Jesus have been born in the same stable? That may well have been the case. As much as God likes patterns and retelling the same story a different way, I would not be surprised. And why not, since it matches the powerful next part of the story, Luke 2.8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. 
For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. I look at the background of the word heavenly host here, and you end up with more like a military company. It's like the angelic marines per se, or the, the bodyguard of Jesus, took a break from protecting Jesus and decided to erupt in worship. Or maybe it's the, in the moment of his birth, these guys can't help but praise. After all, they hadn't seen him for nine months, and now they see the God of the universe in the flesh. So yes, peace, the Prince of Peace has arrived. Goodwill, the good news, the goodwill of God for all mankind has arrived on the face of the earth. Luke 2.15 So it was that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in a manger. I imagine the shepherds were wrecked for life. These shepherds and their pretty predictable lives. Everything was as expected nearly every single day, except that one night when the veil was torn for them to see the heavenly host. No seer gifting was required. This manifestation was reserved for anyone in Bethlehem on this day and this hour and this location. I mean, it's a location-specific tearing of the veil. This was time and place specific, a moment to encounter God. The shepherds go in the city, and I have no idea how they knew what house to go to. Um, you know, the traditions say the star is there, and the, you know, the, the three wise men show up at the same time. Um, you know, that's a lot of the traditions. But they definitely knew where to find this manger somehow. Luke 2.17 now when they had seen him, they made known widely the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. And let's take note of that famous statement by Mary. She kept these things and pondered them in her heart. It's that powerful. That's the most redeemed aspect of mothers. They ponder the greatest of God and their children in their hearts. She will do this many other times. To conclude this episode of Message to Kings, we can't help but pull back the veil some more. And let's just assume Jesus was born in a stable, like the traditions. And like the Christmas traditions go, Joseph and Mary arrive in Bethlehem, and she's about to give birth. There's no place to stay. In fact, maybe there was only a stable nearby, and they get there just in time. You know, she's about to have a baby. It's urgent. The stable just happens to be the chief stable of the town, the stable of the largest and most prominent shepherd in town. The man who owned it was notorious for having the best in class, the purest, perfect lamb every year, the same guy who wins the county fair every year. Everyone knows that guy. That's where they ended up. Joseph and Mary rush in there. It's no doubt surrounded by the heavenly host. The whole town 
is surrounded by the heavenly host. Mary gets into position to have Jesus right, right next to a manger in the place of the winning lamb, the perfect spotless lamb. This very thing, to be born stainless by sin and corruption, to be set aside, to be perfect, utterly perfect, unaffected by the world, to be the Passover sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. Mary holds her baby for the first time, and the angels erupt in worship. And the shepherds, who are the only people outside, see the sight. And as they pay attention to the heavenly host, their eyes are open to the entirety of the heavenly guard erupting in worship. The shepherds make their way to the stable and walk in, and there is Jesus in the manger, in the manger of the most honored and most revered of stables, which holds the most perfect, stainless, lamb, the most honored of lambs. The shepherds, the lowest of society, honor Jesus and marvel how this God would come in the form of a baby and appear to be the lowest of men, mumbling the words of the heavenly bodyguard of Jesus. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Here's a programming note. We'll be doing a bit of travel, and instead of recording from the road, we'll do the next episode on May 1st or 2nd um, or soon after. So again, thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com, share the Facebook page, or shop at our affiliated store, Steadfast Gifts. And if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.